Hi, love. My name is Nitika Chopra, and I am your host for the podcast, Thriving Together. I'm so excited about this show because we are going to genuinely be on the journey together. I'll be sharing lots of behind the scenes and as many unfiltered moments from my life as I possibly can as I take you through what it has meant for me to learn how to thrive and the ways that I'm still learning every single day. While you will be on your own journey of thriving, figuring out what that means for you. And I know that so many of you out there might not even know if thriving is possible, but I want you to know through this podcast and this show that it absolutely is, but it has to be on your own terms. Thank you so much for being here with me and let's get started with thriving together. Hello loves, this is your host, Nitika Chopra, and I'm so thrilled to be having this conversation with you today and get to share this brand new episode of Thriving Together with you. I'm honestly so excited because I just finished recording this episode with our guest and it was so beautiful. And I always just feel so grateful when I get to leave a conversation with someone And even if I'm the host, like I learn so much from them. And that is totally how I felt in this episode of Thriving Together, where my guest is Nikita Williams. So I just really love Nikita. I met her through my work at Chronicon a couple of years ago now. And she's an incredible podcast host, which actually her podcast is called Crafted to Thrive. And she her podcast is so amazing. She's been doing it for a while. So definitely go check it out. And Nikita is also a certified professional essential oils specialist and mindset business coach. And she was diagnosed with endometriosis in 2009 and fibromyalgia in 2010. These diagnoses inspired Nikita to use the training she received from previous jobs to jumpstart her career as a business coach. Nikita actually learned that having a chronic illness did not limit her potential. In fact, it helped her to see the possibilities for herself and for her clients. She uses all different types of methods in her coaching, such as psychoaromatherapy, emotional freedom technique, and business strategy. And she helps her clients have a complete life and business transformation with these tools. She is such a delight, and I have to say, In our conversation, we talked about so many things. Um, One of the things that we talked about was, well, we talked a lot about intimacy because that's like our main topic in the Chronicon community this month. And so both of us were having like nervous system responses (laughs) to talking about intimacy. It was a little intense, but in a good way. Um, I think we were both really vulnerable about where we are at on our intimacy journeys. And we also talked about Thriving with a chronic illness in it as it relates to like not having to be so perfectly put together all the time in this way that honestly feels really unfair and even like ableist in a lot of ways. And to be honest, that was like such an incredible part of the conversation. There were so many gems. We talked about so many things. So I hope you'll take a listen to this episode and, you know, let me know how you feel about it afterwards. I'd love to get a DM from you. And even more, I love to get a review from you, especially on Apple Podcasts. Because when folks start to learn about the show and they see that folks have reviewed it and really enjoyed it, it actually makes a huge difference. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really hope you enjoy it. 
All right, everybody. I am so excited that I get to share one of the most amazing people whose name is not Nitika. It is Nikita. And people always think that my name is Nikita. So it is just so fun that we actually get to come together on this episode with Nikita Williams. Hi, Nikita. Hello, Nitika. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so thrilled. And, you know, um, I know you heard a little bit about Nikita in the intro that I did about her, but I just adore you. And we connected, I guess, like a couple of years ago now. And I feel like for both of us, so much has happened. And so it's one of those things where we sort of weave in and out of each other's lives or, you know, um, being connected more at certain times than others. But lately, we've been connecting a lot more, and it's been making me so happy. And you recently did an amazing workshop with us in the community, which was awesome. And I really wanted to have you on the show because we, you know, you have a whole podcast called (laughs) Crafted to Thrive, first of all. Um, And you teach women about thriving with a chronic illness and specifically on like how do they do that while building their businesses? Mm -hmm. So I kind of just want to jump in and have us start with, you know, why you, like, why are you doing that specifically? What about your life brought you to that? Yeah. I love that you asked me that question. Cause when you were saying that, and I think when I was listening to like the first episode, I was thinking, yeah, like I've had those same feelings of like, yeah, thrive is such, um, it's like a triggering word. It was for me for a while. Like it was kind of like, what what do you mean? (laughs) What are we talking about thriving? Um, But it was actually during my, like, I say healing. I feel like healing is like just this ongoing process. It's not like this one and done kind of thing. It's also another triggering word. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I thought random tangent. I saw a post on Instagram about endometriosis. So that was my first diagnosis that I had. And this woman who I really appreciate, she was talking about how to heal endometriosis. And if you could have read all of the comments, I knew exactly what she meant by healing. Like I didn't assume that it was like, oh, you know, you no longer have endometriosis. Like this thing is never there. It was more about from the context of like, here are some tools to help you overcome some of the challenges that come with living with endometriosis that will possibly make some of your symptoms and things that are going on less complicated. But oh my gosh, just the word heal, like through a whole tangent in that post. And I think that's why I like spent a lot of time talking about the phrasing of crafted to thrive. And that came from an experience of being like, as jacked up as my body has been, like straight up, literally, I'm still always so amazed at how in some way, shape or form, I'm able to recover in some way, shape or form. Like I've, I've just become fascinated with how the body works and how the mind works and then how people work and how we are able to persevere and have resilience. And I really believe we have been innately given and I believe we we were designed to be able to thrive even in adversity, even in crappy crap. <laughs> like, like I don't like it was like I just have felt that we can thrive regardless. I've seen so many people in my lifetime, whatever age, be able to thrive. And I think I really appreciated that once 
a lot when my grandparents, I had the privilege, like you, Nitika, to like know my grandparents really well. They lived with me my whole entire life until they passed away. I was in my teenage life when they passed away. And my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer. And at first when he was diagnosed with it, they told him three months. And that was, that was like a, they were certain about that number. He lived three years and I saw him do so many things and his body go through so many different things that to me, the, the conclusion was always like, no matter you can die thriving, like you can literally die thriving. And I saw him do things to this day. And every time I think about him, every time I like start talking about him, I get goosebumps. I get really emotional because I think about him when I'm in like my worst hospital stays or my worst days in bed. And I think what he must have experienced going through those things. And he always smiled. Like sometimes he smiled. Sometimes you could just see that it was within him, even though he couldn't bring himself to smile. But that's thriving to me. And I think that's, to me, when I say crafted to thrive, I just believe we all have the ability to do it no matter what circumstances we're in. And I've seen it in the worst of worst. I've seen it in the best of best. And I see it continually, like in my podcast episodes, talking to other women like you, Nitika, and just meeting so many women in the chronic con community that I am convinced, like convinced that we all have the ability to do it. We just all have to kind of sometimes choose to do it. And it looks different. Oh. I'm like, okay, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> just like... That was so beautiful. Oh my goodness, Nikita. I am just, yeah, I got teary-eyed hearing you talk about your grandfather too because I, uh, I'm going to totally cry, but you know, if you're in the community, you're used to that by now because I'm always <laughs> crying in there. Um, but I think about that with my Nanima, which is my my grandmother on my mom's side. And um, yeah, she had like such a hard journey with her mm. health and I got my first chronic illness like a couple of years after she was diagnosed with hers and I was only 10 mm-hmm. and, you know, she was obviously like much older and she was my guiding light yeah. like my whole life. And she was always the person who, I mean, she had a tracheotomy, so she had to speak mm-hmm. through a hole in her neck, mm-hmm. but she had diamonds around her hole in her, leg, her <laughs> neck, let me tell you. Okay. So this woman was like just, you know, went through so much. And then she would be so graceful, so beautiful. And I always said she was like chirpy, like we had all these nicknames (laughs) for each other. And, you know, and we were just, you know, two peas in a pod in that way. And she taught me everything about that kind of strength. And I think like, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I think like there's been a lot of, I have all these tears in my eyes. I need to wipe now, but um, I think there's been a lot of hesitation on my part at times because there's this thing about what we're talking about and how you started even saying like, this can be so triggering Mm -hmm. that I've been afraid to fully step into that possibility of thriving and that possibility of really what I say, which not everybody will resonate with this, but to me, it's like looking for the light, you know, because I, that's what helps me. 
that's what helped because it's been when I've been in the darkest places in my life when I couldn't walk and I was in severe pain. Like you were saying yeah. about the, you know, hospital stays and you're like at your like wits end. Mm -hmm. It's during that time that I have to look for this light in the midst of the darkness. But my challenge has been, I've been so hesitant because I also have a lot of compassion mm. for how devastating it is and that, that that is real. If you are experiencing the kind of pain that you and I have experienced mm. and you don't know how to look for the light, we yeah. will never fault you. Nope. Like, got it. Got totally it. get it. Yes. So for us to go out there and say, no, like we love you, we hear you, but you do have a choice and you do have this opportunity. It's honestly terrifying for me at times. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I mean, if you could see my face right now, guys, yeah. like I am like, I am scared. Yeah. Okay. But this is my growth edge. So I'm doing it anyway. So yeah. what has come up for you around that? Have you ever felt that or experienced that? Yeah. And I think it comes up, I feel like it comes up more when I work with my clients, right? Because as a coach, <laughs> it's so hard because you know, as a coach, you are like, your job is not to like solve their problem. Your job is literally to have holding that space, being a mirror when they don't see the thing that's in the mirror. And as a woman who lives with chronic illness, like multiple and have been in those places where I have literally, and I didn't have a someone like me in my life to say, but also look at this part of the mirror is terrifying. Like half the time I am like sitting there, like I, I say a little prayer. I'm like breathing. I'm like tapping. I'm like doing all of these things to be like, okay, it takes so much courage from, to me, from, from my point of view to say, yes, and yes, I 100% am like legitly with you. This sucks. This hurts. This, all of those things. And you have a choice. Like, it's like even saying that right now is like, oh, God, <laughs> it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Like, <laughs> I know because I always said, like, when people were talking about self love, first of all, it's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that your clients have you um, and that folks who listen to your podcast can like experience that wisdom too because it's so important. But yeah, I mean, I say that self love is being more committed to, I say, your happiness yeah. than your suffering in every moment. Yes. Some people might say your joy, your peace, like whatever mm -hmm. word resonates with you. Happiness doesn't resonate with everyone. But being more committed to the light, you know, over the darkness in every moment. And I thought of that when I was stewing in darkness. <laughs> it was not because I was like, look at me. I'm so perfectly crafted. Like, exactly. Like, no. I was like, this, this shit sucks. Okay. Yeah. Like, like yeah. really. And it is the most painful, traumatizing thing I will hopefully ever experience, but definitely that I have ever experienced up until this point. And I know I have this choice in front of me in every mm -hmm. moment. So when people are faced with that, like, what do you say to them? Like when someone is like, I'm just like thinking of at the point of devastation. I'm, I'm also thinking I should have called you last year when I was going through all of my stuff with <laughs> With my new health diagnosis, I'm like, oh, oh crap, I should have called Nikita. Um, but, you know, like, what do you say if someone is like, I just got diagnosed with X disease or mm. I'm going through a super or awful flare up or I know a lot of people in the Chronicons community 
have a lot of like chronic pain, like just yeah. the pain alone. Oh my God. Yeah. Pain is so emotionally destabilizing and honestly like so traumatizing. So what would you say like if someone came to you with that and they want – they don't even know. They don't even want more. They don't even know that they can have mm-hmm. more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I – so funny. I was literally writing an email about this earlier today. <laughs> so funny. Um, I was that person who was legit salty at other people who would be like, just thrive or just like you can do it. Just like – like I legit was salty. Like I would look with – the side eye and be like, you must be on some stuff. And that's the reason why you're saying this, because it is not so simple to just be like, thriving, I can do this. I can. And I can see the light. Like, no, I wanted to throw a shoe at your face. Like that was legitly my thing. Cracking up. Yes. Same. But I think we come to a place and I know I did. And I think a lot of my clients have gone through this where they got to a place where that darkness only serves to make more darkness, right? Like it's, it's you, you come to a row way where it's like either I'm going to choose darkness and darkness to me leads to a place I don't want to be, or I'm going to choose to be open to see the light. And I have experienced that in my own personal journey. Literally, I've, and I've shared this on my show and I probably shared it in Chronicon at some point. I literally, one night was in the worst pain. I literally was like, I would rather die. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going to continue to live with this pain, please give me something. Please let me see something. And it was light. It was literally another person who came into my world who was giving me advice on stuff that I honestly, frankly, thought was like, woo foo blue like I was like girl I don't know what you're talking about right now like this doesn't even seem like it's a real thing but I tell my clients in the context of going through that I'm like which fear do you choose in that moment do you do you choose the to live in the fear of I'm going to be in this darkness and this is it or I'm going to live in the fear of like I don't know what this light is going to bring me but I it can't be worse than where I'm at And that was the moment with my friend who was like, hey, let's try some essential oils and breath work. And I'm like, girl, look, morphine and Dilaudid don't help with my pain. You talking about some oils? Yeah, sure. Sure. That's cute. But okay, we'll try it. (laughs) And it worked for me. It was something that I needed. It was more than what I thought I needed. I needed the whole body experience of healing and the thoughts about what I thought about myself, what I thought I could do. And it led me to this place. So I would tell people to just like, as hard as it is to believe that it's even possible, what is the alternative? Like, really? And that's where I kind of had to go. And I'm so thankful that I chose the unknowing of the what is the alternative because I had no idea. Oh my gosh! Well, that is going to be everyone's love homework, as we <laughs> don't say like you know, or love work. We should yeah. say um, when you finish listening to this episode, I definitely want you all to think about that. What Nikita just said of like, what is the alternative if you're up against a hard edge right now or at a breaking point? Honor it. Definitely, we are not saying don't honor it. We are not saying yeah. that you can thrive and that like that's it and it's super easy. No, Mm-mm. um, 
and even like even like the 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 podcast cover right for thriving together i am like in the most joyful happy expression of my lifetime okay and i am just like yes that happens sometimes and then what the other thing i want to talk about is like what is happening right now yeah Mm-hmm. which Nikita and I talked about. So we do video to record the conversations, but we don't actually use the video publicly. And um, I messaged Nikita and gave her the link to join. And I was like, and by the way, I look rough right now. Like just, you know. And she does it. It's so funny. I think it's so funny because I do not think you look rough, but I get how you feel. I get how you feel. Thank you for honoring how I feel. Um, But no, but you know, it's like, I've got my glasses on. My hair is definitely not done. Like it's just a whole vibe. Mm. Um, And and the thing that I've been thinking about a lot and also like putting myself out there more is like, I don't want my work and my wisdom to be based on how I look. Mm -hmm. And like, especially as a chronically ill person, Mm -hmm. if that is the metric in which I will Mm -hmm. only be successful, my face changed last year. Like it literally changed. I couldn't smile in the same way that I used to be able to. Mm -hmm. My face got swollen because of medication. I have a visible chronic illness as well, which is psoriasis. And that has been affecting my, my vision, you know, the way I look to people at times in my life. So if that's our metric, like I don't want, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. How do you feel about that as you're running your business and also teaching other people how to thrive and run businesses with a chronic illness? Yeah, I wear it as a badge of like, look, this you gonna get what you gonna get. Like I was telling Nitika before, I was like, I was at an event yesterday, I was all dolled up and I was so I was just really grateful to be able to go. And then usually on Mondays, which is what this we might talk about this but usually when I have an event I know I'm going to I give myself space like I I work in harmony with the fact that you just expended all this energy you also were exchanging energy with people so give yourself space the next day to like recoup I didn't do that for some reason this time on my calendar which usually is the block it out and my first client was at 11 o'clock which is also weird because I don't do calls before 11 (laughs) o'clock So I legitly did my coaching call in bed, literally in bed. And I have no qualms about it. And I I have, I've literally done lives in bed. I've done like, I just believe that like you, Nitika, like we have to change the expectation that people have put on us and, and especially women of being like all put together and like you, you're in pain, but you don't, you're not supposed to look like you're in pain. Like all of that mess, like. Let's remove that because I can do what I need to do nine times out of 10, even looking like a hot mess. Okay. You can still find clarity. You can still make money in your business and I can still look a hot mess and you still get help. Like I legitly believe that. And so I really, that's a really core part of why I show up the way I do, because I want to give other people permission that it doesn't have to look like this cookie cutter put together kind of thing, because that is not real life. Regardless if you have chronic illness or not, you can have other life hurdles where showing up looking cute, but still being able to do the thing are both not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I wish you all could see our video because I'm just like smiling at Nikita <laughs> the whole time. I'm cracking up and trying not to like disrupt the audio quality of this conversation, <laughs> but I'm like holding in my cracking up. You're amazing. And um, no, I I honestly think, and maybe this is how you feel too because of the work that you do with your clients, but I feel like the Chronicon community really helped me step into this more mm-hmm. because 
you know, I have come from like a more media background. And so it's like being on TV and all this different stuff, which, you know, it is a very visual, you know, medium. So the way you look is kind of a big focus of that. But then showing up every week in Chronicon, we have events every single week for those of you who are listening and, you know, content every day. And there were days last week, I mean, last year where I couldn't talk properly. Like, as I said, my face was changing. I lost a third of my freaking hair, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, all of these things were happening. And I would still show up to the events because I knew, one, that people in the community really counted on those events and not in a way that put pressure on me, but in a way that added a lot of value for me because I was like, oh, yeah, I could sit here and just like eat more cream cheese or something. (laughs) I shouldn't be eating anyway because, you know, it's very inflammatory, but I could just sit here and do that. Or I could like show up and show up for this community because it genuinely puts me in a better state to be of service with them, right? But the permission that I felt from everyone, whether they vocalized it or not, that they knew that they were getting value whether I looked like a talk show host or not, Mm -hmm. you know? And that honestly changed something for me. It really, really did. It made me connect to... Just, yeah, the the service and the wisdom that I'm here to share having nothing to do with the way that I look. And that yeah. better be the case because we're going to change how we look multiple times throughout our lives, whether we have chronic conditions or not. Yeah. Um, I can't think there's a, there's a verse that I'm thinking about, but basically, I mean, beauty is vain, but the inner person is gold, right? Like that is in every essence of humanity. Like we can be in the worst of worst situations and still provide encouragement, love, kindness, all of those beautiful things. And look a hot mess, missing a missing shirts, like whatever, like we could just not, we don't have to always feel like we have to be put together in order to be of service to ourselves or to anyone else, I think. And I think that's a piece of acceptance of like, just like this is being a human yeah I say being a human (laughs) not Mm -hmm. like I think a lot of times we 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 focus on like acting like a human versus Mm -hmm. being an actual human (laughs) so I think that's beautiful and I think too in Chronicon that definitely allows the space for that for people to realize oh like I can be here with my heating pad and I can be laying in bed and I could have like my socks and my fuzzies and, you know, still like really support these other amazing people in this room and still also receive and give. And that's like the beauty of the Chronicon community for sure. Yeah. Thanks for, for saying that. Um, but yeah, I think it's so true. And I, I think that's actually something that it relates back to the conversation around thriving too, because I feel like it goes back to, your version of thriving isn't the same as mine and vice versa. And like giving ourselves permission and also like inviting ourselves to say like, I deserve to figure out what my version is. And like, it doesn't mean that it's less or more or whatever, because it's different than yours. I think that is so important. And, you know, speaking of Chronicon, something that we're doing this month. So this podcast is going to air in the month of February and our theme for February is all about intimacy. Mm. And so, you know, even just thinking about the word intimacy, I'm 
Like my nervous system, I don't know. I'm I'm like learning about the nervous system right now, and it just kind of I don't know what it's doing, but it has an it has a response to yeah. that yeah. word. Um, and I think part of it is, you know, I have craved intimacy tremendously throughout my life, especially growing up being so sick, feeling mm. so separate from people, yeah. and um, just so many different complicated things. And then at the same time, I also find that I don't allow myself to fully receive intimacy as much as I even want to as a protection mechanism. Oh my gosh, me right? too. Yes, I'm very much so. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about all of this. And when we think about intimacy, you know, I'm divorced, so I'm not in a relationship right now, but I have lots of friends. I'm close with my family. So they're all different kinds of intimacy for those of you listening, whether you are in a relationship right now or not. Mm -hmm. But Nikita, I know like you are married and I know that your husband has been a big part of your chronic illness journey and just a big part of your life, obviously in general. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how intimacy your face is like, Oh my God, how much time we have. I know we have, we have all the time, but you know, just like how it's played a role and like where, yeah, what comes up for you? I'm just going to stop. Talking. You take it I away. mean, okay, like, talk about nervous system. <laughs> like, I'm wearing a turtleneck, y'all, right now, and I'm literally, like, adjusting it around my neck, talking. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, Nitika, she didn't gone and ask the question of the year. Um, yeah, so intimacy with my friends. Like, I was, the episode that you did before this one, I can't remember. Amina. Amina, my friend Amina. Amina. And she was saying something and I was, I think at, she was talking about like, you guys were talking about friendship, about like how you like at first are like, oh, this is my best friend, like instantly once you connect. And I have in some ways have a relationship with that, with intimacy, with people in general. Like I have a very connecty kind of experience with like, especially my friends. Like I am so funny. I was just talking about this last night too. I was like, I feel like I give it all to the people that I love and I should, and I hate using that word should, but I try to not expect that same type of response back because that's not, that's not realistic because they are not me. Right. And that has an effect on your intimacy within a relationship. Right. And when you live with endometriosis, um, and all the girly things that could go wrong down there for me are all issues that are chronic. They are one in the same sometimes, right? And then being with a partner who literally does not rarely get sick ever. <laughs> I love him so much for that. There is a, a a pullback of what you want to give versus what you think you are able to give. And it's painful, like emotionally and physically. And so my work literally over the last two years, especially since the pandemic, because you know, you're living with your partner in a pandemic. Uh, Really? Like there's nobody else <laughs> in this house with you. You start realizing some stuff that you may have been coping in in a different way. And like, oh snap, we realize that intimacy really is a thing for us. And I've had to be open to understanding that a lot of that is a protection. My protector is very strong because of pain. Like it's just there. And whether it's physical or emotional, I respond very deeply to that. And I love my husband because he is the most patient and understanding 
guy that I could ever have going through this journey. And last year I was also diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease. So it's, it's layers upon layers when it comes to intimacy and intimacy to me feels like the onion, the onion that you're unpeeling to find out, well, what does that really feel like? What does it need to look like for you? There's boundaries of around your intimacy. So there's all of these lessons that you have to learn that I am still learning. Like I always tell my clients, they're like, how are you, how are you and your husband? I'm like, we are still figuring that stuff out. (laughs) And we really lean heavily on our spirituality as a part of that intimacy to bridge the gap where we are lacking because otherwise I don't know what we going over here. I don't know what we going on. (laughs) That's it. I don't got no, I don't got no magic statements here. I don't have any like extra perfect things to tell you. I definitely feel like in my friendships, I've learned some things, but in my relationship with my husband, it's a very, ongoing process of one like understanding what intimacy looks like for us living with chronic illness Mm -hmm. I mean that is a perfect statement (laughs) like honestly like that's what we want to hear you know and it's just the truth right like so to me that is a perfect statement and thank you for being vulnerable and like honest with us because I know this stuff is like oh our nervous (laughs) systems are like (laughs) Abort, abort, turn around. There is a flight risk. There's a risk. Um, okay, calm down, nervous system. I will say that um I really resonate with what you're sharing, even though I'm not married right now. I think something that I am trying, and even I am like quivering as I start talking about this. Okay, but I think something I am trying this year is to take some of those, maybe not take the walls all the way down mm-hmm. because some of them are there for a good reason, but to just like not give them so much power. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been a huge thing for me with my friendships. I think I've, you know, learned a lot with friendships and we should probably have like a whole episode just on friendships alone yeah. um, because there's so much to talk about there. But, you know, since we're talking about more romantic relationships right now, I think for me, I definitely have a wall up around letting someone close to me romantically. Mm-hmm. I have like two modes. Okay. This is like, this is not great. Okay. If you if you are gonna judge me after I say this, just pretend like I didn't say it. Okay. <laughs> this is these are my two modes. I basically am like, don't come close to me. Like get the flip away from me. Okay. And you can see it in my face. I'm like, do not. Okay. Yeah. Or I am just like, oh my God, we should get married. <laughs> I literally do not know what wire in my brain thought that was a good idea. Mm. Like either of those modes, those modes are not great. Mm. Um, And I don't, and the funny thing that I've noticed is that like, I don't actually feel that way. Right. Right. And so that's something I've had to see over time that I've been in so many situations where I'll realize that I'm in one of those modes and I'll be like, wait a second. I don't want to marry this guy. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not the guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, wait a second, this guy isn't as much of a threat as I thought he was. Why am I so, like, yeah. all, you know, protective? So I think that's something, you know, to out myself around. I'm not just going to put you on the spot. And- <laughs> Thank, <laughs> no, you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not just going to put you on the spot and not give you anything. Okay, because I want you to know 
that is something I'm really struggling with. And I too, sorry, all of you who are listening who thought we were going to have all these words of wisdom around this conversation. The only words of wisdom that we have is that we are also on the journey mm-hmm. and it is okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I will I will add to that, Nitika, that love and respect between two people and understanding what love looks like from the other side and respect from the other side because they mean very different things is a conversation it's like a dance I always think about it like a dance that's what my husband and I have to like think about it as is like this dance of like you know you might like salsa but I might like tango like which which dance are we actually doing right now and I think that's how we are approaching like intimacy of like, what does it, what, what do you need? What do I need? Where can we come together? Because dancing usually with a couple, there's coming together. You're not just all on one side of the room and the other side, like there has to be something that brings you together. And that takes some time sometimes. And I think allowing space for that is really important to not have so many heavy expectations on what we think that, this intimacy thing is supposed to look like because we are living in a world where there's lots of expectations put on us where we're living in those realities that we don't even really want or even care about or even a part of what we really want to see in our relationship. And I think that's something that I've come to learn, especially like through therapy and stuff with, with my husband and with myself, just learning like some of these things are not even things I want. Like you said, like these are not even values I care about. These are not even thoughts I should be thinking about because I don't like them. I don't even like them. Let let them go. But I think you do have to do that work. I think that's what we're both saying is like intimacy takes work. I do know that. It's not just like a, oh, I'm intimate with you. Like it's not, it takes some work. So. Yeah, that's so well said. And I think, you know, one of the things that's coming up for me around intimacy too. Oh, I just had it in my brain. Now it just like disappeared. Okay. I'm like, this is how it goes when you're dealing with so many things in your brain. Um, but I do think that like intimacy, I don't know. It's just been a journey. It's been probably one of the hardest journeys of my life. Mm. I will honestly say that it is. Maybe that's why that thought disappeared because it's a protection mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> It has been one of the hardest journeys of my life. And it kind of took me a while to even realize that because mm. I know my intentions are so pure and I know they are for you too. And I'm sure yeah. those of you listening, like you can relate to that. Like my intentions are so pure. I just want to connect with this person and I want to feel safe. And mm. I think one of the hardest things for me has been having to understand that like not everybody knows how to provide or like create those two things, right? Like connection and safety. Mm. I kind of thought we all knew how to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? I know what you mean, but I feel I'm what? going down. Let's go. Let's go. I feel like we are in charge of our own safety. Yeah. And I have found even when I think about different times in my life where I felt usually unsafe, and I'm not talking about the times where our, our pay, like traumatic things have happened to us that we literally didn't have any control over. Yeah. I'm talking about like within a relationship that is mutual and you both respect, whether it's friends, whether it's an intimate relationship with someone you care about and there's both that love and respect 
foundation here, love and respect. I still believe just like boundaries are our responsibility. I believe boundary is just a link to our safety and being able to communicate that. And I don't know where in the journey I learned. I really don't. I have just come to appreciate that my ability to articulate what safety looks like to me is the most powerful tool I can have in any relationship. Because if I don't know what safety is for me, how in the heck is someone outside of me going to know whether or not they're infringing on my safety? And I think that piece of the intimacy is really important because the other partner has a definition of what that looks like too. And if you don't know and they don't know and we aren't articulating those things, when that's a conversation before we can even get to intimacy that we have to kind of overcome and like come to. Wow. No, thank you for pushing back on that because I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And I think like my programming based on things I went through growing up, you know, has had those wires crossed a little bit. And I think also like not just in terms of having other people, like the way I am when I'm receiving safety or when I feel safe with other people, Mm -hmm. but also putting a lot of responsibility on myself to make everybody else feel safe. Like I do so much of that. And it's been such a growth edge for me because like as the founder of Chronicon, it's like I really do take responsibility of like the people who come in contact with this company and this community. Like emotional safety, everybody in the community knows is like my number one priority. I Mm -hmm. need to make sure everybody's emotionally safe. And I do think as the founder of an organization, like you need to set precedent of like what does emotional safety look like for us and how do we ensure that that is happening for everybody, right? But there is a part of that where I take on like too much responsibility, I think, and I'm working through that. And then there's also this part of what you just said about, you know, um, defining your own safety and not putting it in someone else's hands. And again, we're not talking about you know, situations where you're being victimized in a serious way. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about day-to-day interactions. Mm -hmm. Like I'm starting to date someone and they say something that triggers me and then I'm like, I don't feel safe. And it's like, oh, but like I get to say, like I get to decide and I get to make those rules and I get to communicate those things. And, you know, and I do think that I have put too much responsibility on both sides, not Mm. knowing that I was doing that but just like kind of desperate for it. Yeah. You know, like just like I didn't have it. So like where am I going to get it? Where am I like this like desperation around it, you know? And I know I have come like light years away like from where that started, but I love the way that you said that. And I really hope like those of you listening are taking that in. Um, And then like maybe it's a – it's something to explore that doesn't – it feels like kind Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't have to feel like don't do it while you're not feeling safe. Like maybe yeah. when you're in like a neutral, <laughs> a neutral state, um, you know, and kind of like, I don't know, what would you recommend people did in order to like figure out what that was for them? It's so interesting. You, when you were talking, I was listening and then it hit me. I was in a call with someone because safety and, and conversation and like growth, I feel like safety is important in growth. I feel like there's a lot of content that's out there that's like, you know, just run and, you know, get out of your growth zone and you just do it and everything's just perfect. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry, as a black woman, <laughs> no, we need to create some safety for us to do a lot of stuff. Okay. Just saying. So mm-hmm. that's my approach a lot of times with my clients, especially if they are feeling really self-conscious about their bodies or about like the circumstances of living with chronic whatever whether it's visible or invisible I had one client who was like just overcoming some of the challenges with with cancer and she was wearing compression sleeve and she was very 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 aware about how people perceived her in that kind of space and (laughs) she kept telling me like I'm so scared of accountability and I'm like okay, why? And I think that starts with the question. I think I'm a huge believer that questions lead, the right questions lead to the right answers. And so if you are feeling unsafe, the question is why? Where is this coming from? Where have I felt this before? If you're even hesitating on going somewhere, like, why am I hesitating? Like, what has happened? What is going on? Like, where's, where am I feeling this in my body? Why am I feeling this in my body? I think we just really need to get more curious and honest with what we're feeling and really digging deeper. And I asked her this follow-up question, which is like, what would you need to be certain of in order to feel safe to take this step forward? Like, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, growth happens in a little bit of uncomfortability, but it can still be safe. I feel like a lot of people feel like there's this, uh, this, or it's more a this and of safety. And it's like, yeah, this is true. I'm scared out of my mind. And I get to choose how scared out of my mind I'm going to be. <laughs> right? Oh, that's so beautiful. And honestly, I needed to hear that because I, yeah, and I'm going to do a solo episode about this soon. But I find that, you know, I talk a lot about how I have this huge vision for us as chronically ill folks. And I know I've probably mentioned this to so many of you who are listening already, but the vision really is for us to have our own industry that's like worth billions of dollars that's celebrating us, mm-hmm. right? That's like dedicated to celebrating us, much like the curvy industry is, right? Yeah. And not to fix us, not to make us different, and not to keep us sick either, right? It's yeah. like really to celebrate us for yeah. exactly who we are. And I'm not going to stop till I figure out how to make that happen. And at the same time, in launching this recent Chronicon um, event, like the in-person event, it's been hard. Like it's been scary for me because it's the love of my life and I'm so excited to do it and I wouldn't change a thing. But there's also been this feeling of like, it's felt a little safer to be like, oh, there's just this, you know, pool of people that know about us right now. And they all like pretty much know me, you know, Mm -hmm. for the most part. And so even if, we're not the same or like it doesn't resonate or whatever. It's not so polarizing because it's like they know my intentions are good. Yeah. But I can't control the masses. They're not going to all know about me and my intentions. They're not going to even care actually. And obviously not everybody, but like that's what happens when you reach the masses. There are a lot of people Mm -hmm. that don't and they're not like, oh, Nitika, she's so nice. They're like, who's this chick? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I'm just like, um, it has been a lot easier. And we went through some pretty, pretty intense stuff with the launch, actually, which I'll, as I said, I'll talk about in a solo episode soon. But it's been incredible. And it's also been like terrifying. Mm. 
Um, and it's that growth edge that you're talking about that I'm just like, okay, cool. So should I just go back to like only the 200 people in the audience that know about us or only the people who are following us on Instagram right now? <laughs> like, mm. And just like make our account private and just forget about <laughs> the rest of it. <laughs> Which let me tell you, I'm, I'm tempted. Um, but obviously my mission keeps pulling me in another direction and it's like, I'm not going to do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's real. The growth edge is real. Mm. So as we wrap up here um, and, you know, kind of conclude this conversation, although I'm excited because you're going to come back to the community and do an essential oils uh, workshop yeah. with us. And we have to figure out when because I i have always been so curious about essential oils. There, like, are so many things that people mention that mm. I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. But there's something about, like, scent that mm. really, really, like, does something to me. Mm. So I'm – thrilled that you are going to be coming back and doing that with us. And if you aren't a member of the community and you want to join and be a part of Nikita's workshop, please just go to chronicon.co, check out the community, and you can join and get Nikita's workshop plus lots of others. Um, But I want to just hear from you. Like, what do you consider thriving for yourself right now as we wrap up this episode? I think for me right now, it's continuing to be open to grow. I live my life. I feel like especially living when I was first diagnosed with all of my things and didn't know what was going on, I lived in a very fixed thought process. Um, And every day I'm finding new ways that I'm like, oh, (laughs) that was still there. (laughs) That fixed thinking is still there, Nikita. Um, And I just really, this year, especially I was thinking about it earlier this year, like my word for the year is experience. And the reason why is because I thought my experiences were very, like had to be in a very specific way that Nikita felt in a specific way they needed to be. (laughs) And this year I have accepted that it's not going to, and I'm okay with that. And I'm also okay with that if I change my mind that I need to shift however that's going to look like that's okay too but I am going to be more open and thriving to me is moving forward what whatever way that might be maybe that's like I'm gonna put on pants today more than I did last year like I don't know like whatever it might look like to you it's just taking the baby baby steps forward in how you view yourself how you view what you are able and not able to do, how you view the people around you, how you view possibilities. Um, So that's thriving, like just moving a few steps ahead. Not a lot. Just keep, keep, keep chugging forward. I love that so much, Nikita. I hope that gives those of you who are listening some comfort and just understanding for yourself. Like wherever you are, it is okay. Yeah. It is more than okay. So thank you for being with us, Nikita. You are such a gift and I'm so honored to get to be in conversation with you and have you in the community and have you as a friend and just all of it. It's really such a pleasure to keep getting to know you. So thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. This was so sweet. (laughs) 
All right, loves. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Thriving Together podcast. If you did, I would love to have you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And please be sure to rate and review the show, especially if you liked it, because it really helps make sure that this content gets to more and more people. Thanks so much for listening. And I cannot wait to be with you for the next episode.